You're listening to the Queen of Calm podcast, the podcast for calm girls by a calm girl. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. So just a reminder that we're on an array of different platforms that carry podcasts and you can subscribe to us on any of those and listen to us every Wednesday. So be sure to do that. And also be sure to follow us on Instagram at Queen of Calm podcast for fun posts, tips and more. So to start out with today's calm one of the week, um, I know a lot of people watch the Super Bowl this weekend. I know I did. Uh, go Buccaneers. Congratulations. So uh, the, what I want to talk about is one of the commercials slash campaigns that was shown, which was the YouTube Day in the Life movie that's coming out. And so I think this was really great because a lot of people who are just normal people were featured on a Super Bowl commercial and are going to be in this movie. And YouTube asked normal people to send in what they did in one day in their life. And they turned it into a documentary. So I think that was really great in this year where we're missing that human connection. And a lot of people were in their homes and doing interesting things. So I think that's going to be a great campaign for YouTube to have. And it's going to be, you know, a very interesting movie. So be sure to tune tune into that. I know I will. Um, and for today's episode, um, it's so exciting that I have a business student who is a true girl boss on today to talk about all of her business experiences from internships, um, to even, you know, her future when she already has a job secured at J.P. Morgan Chase. So that's really exciting. Um, and she's going to talk about how calm intersects with business in many ways. Uh, you know, you've heard all your professors say you have to take a business course to understand what's going on when you get into corporate corporate PR or even, you know, small business PR or, you know, any industry really. And, you know, it's really important because you want to get that seat at the table. And I feel that sometimes calm professionals, when they bring, you know, I've got the company in 25 different press placements and I had this, you know, a press release go out and I did this, this and this to these executives that don't have the communications experience. They don't really see the value in that unless you tell them in business terms. So it's really important to know all of this. And so she's going to share that with you. And so be sure to stay tuned and take some notes. Hello, everyone. I've called in an expert for today's show. She is a passionate business student who has landed internships at Tiffany & Co., Prudential Financial, and J.P. Morgan Chase, where she'll be working as an FN, FNBM analyst upon graduation. She is also the co-founder of the Marist Woman in Business Club. So please welcome to the show, Yana Brzovsky. Welcome. I hope Thank you I, so much for having me. <laughs> I hope I pronounced your last name right. <laughs> pronounced it perfectly. Oh, great. <laughs> One <Okay>. of the few. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So Yana, so how did you get interested in business and the whole industry? Sure. So I did take a few marketing and economics classes in high school, and it's just something that I really found really interesting. Um, I remember, I don't know what it was about it that just attracted me, but I liked the idea of, at first I was really into marketing, so I was really interested in creating marketing plans and doing all that stuff. And then I started reading more about the stock market and finance and that kind of piques an interest in me there. It was just something I saw myself doing. I don't know if that's cliche or not, but thinking back, that was kind of like the whole mentality, I guess. And I think it's so important that, you know, you're, you're, you know, being a woman in this industry that's mostly male dominated and you've really shown that through, you know, starting the Marist Woman in Business. So can you talk about you know, where did that idea come from and how did that all come to be? Yeah, sure. Um, so 
I had always wondered why there wasn't something like that at Marist because I heard other schools had maybe not women in business, but like a woman on Wall Street or winning women, something that was related to women in the scope of the business industry. And at the beginning of last year, so our junior year, I just fell into a, conver a conversation with Professor Jay Pantaleo and he was like, listen, this could be a cool thing to have. And I think you'd be great to be at, to front it. Um, so that's how the idea kind of got plopped into my head. And it was great because me and the other co-founders, we got full range of what we wanted to do with it. There was really no boundaries in terms of how we wanted to organize it. Um, I also as a student assistant to Dr. Joanne Gavin, who's the Associate Dean of the School of Management. So I brought her on as our advisor because she's A, she's been such an amazing mentor to me and she's really big on just advancing young women in the field of business. And B, she's had years and years of research and experience with being a woman in this field. So I figured she'd be the perfect point person for that. And then we kind of started everything, bringing it together. Um, learn, network, and empower is our tagline because those are the three things we want to focus. We really want to make sure our members are learning from one another because I think it's just as important to learn from each other as it is to learn from a guest speaker or whoever we bring on. Network in business, and I'm sure in comm too, networking is crucial. It is so important. That's probably where your next job could come from, or just it's good to know people to have sort of background to fall into. For me personally, no one in my family works in finance. So it was nice to kind of be able to network and it was kind of really crucial for me to figure out how everything worked. So networking was the only way for me to do that. And empower, we need to be each other. We need to be each other's allies and lift one another up instead of competing. Um, and why I was so adamant on starting this, I used to be so intimidated by finance because I thought it just wasn't for me. I thought I wouldn't do well, but it was something that I really enjoyed and something I really had an interest in. Um, and we've had a lot of support from the School of Management in this endeavor because I think everyone is kind of seeing that an organization like this is so needed and it's beneficial. Yeah, and I think your tagline and your logo, which first I just think that's so great, but your tagline of, you know, the empower and everything I think that's just such a great message for other young women and like you said about you know connecting with other students you know you never know what people have going on like people could have you exactly. know something on the side that you could need in the future or you know they're interested in the same thing of you and you can collaborate so I think that's so important also to have that networking aspect 100%. Um, so talking more about women's empowerment and business so how do you feel as a woman who's going to be entering the industry upon graduation upon graduation congratulations by the way on your thank you incoming job um so what do you think about like the industry right now with COVID and everything and entering that as a woman oh god so I'll touch upon like the industry with COVID first I interned at JP Morgan during the time of COVID and it, it's honestly I would never willingly do a six-week internship online again. However, I'm really <laughs> grateful for the opportunities because I did get so much out of it, but I was so excited for like the office camaraderie because that's kind of going back to networking in office, just like running into someone when you're walking to get coffee. That's like when you would form the networking or times when you could really have a quick chat with someone. Um, so definitely hoping by, I start in July, so definitely hoping by then I'll be able to be in office, hopefully. Um, in terms of being a woman, I have had nothing but positive experiences working in finance as a woman because I think the mentality is shifting toward it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter where you come from, it's about the level of work and what how good of an end result you can produce, which 
I've always said, to, like, personally, it doesn't matter who you are. You should be hired if you can complete the job to the best of your ability and to the best of their standards. Um, so seeing that kind of the industry shift toward that direction, in my opinion, I think is great. And I'm really excited to advance with this new mentality, sort of. And I think you know, you're going to excel in the whole industry because you're always doing such great things. Um, Thank you. And you mentioned your internship. So I want to kind of circle back to the internship topic. So sure. can you just talk about for listeners, you know, how you got those internships? What do you think set you apart from other applicants and sort of, you know, what that process was like? Sure. So uh, just to clarify, like what internships I've had between my freshman and sophomore year, I was a marketing recruitment summer intern at Prudential Financial. Um, for that one, a recruiter actually reached out to me on LinkedIn. So I, I would definitely say, make sure your LinkedIn profile is super strong um, because I don't know how exactly they do it through LinkedIn. I think um, because when I was marketing and recruitment intern there, LinkedIn was kind of still, they, they weren't really on the LinkedIn phase yet, but basically companies I think have keywords that they look for in your profile. So I think definitely just doing some research and see for what the particular job you have, what keywords are striking or what sort of experience you have. Um, Tiffany was the summer between my sophomore and junior year. I love that internship. It was like kind of when I decided I really wanted finance. So I was an internal audit summer intern, which is more accounting, but it was a great jumping off point for me because I saw how a global company structured and operated, structured its finances and how it operates from a financial perspective. Um, I really, that was a great internship and how I got that, I think I applied to maybe like 50, 60 internships. So you really have to just like keep applying because something will stick and you'll get way more, I've gotten way more rejections than acceptances or callbacks. So for that, definitely don't lose faith and don't get discouraged if maybe you're not getting the results you thought you were. I think honestly, like 90% of the places I apply to, I don't even think I heard back from, it, which, you know, it's fine. It's life. It just wasn't meant to be, but there is a perfect internship there. Out there. there is a perfect internship out there for you. You just kind of have to, you know, not lose faith and keep digging. Um, and JP Morgan, I still can't believe it. Like it was kind of a pipe dream of mine for such a long time and now it's here. Um, so the way it works for finance internships, more particularly banking internships within finance, I applied for that internship while I was still interning for Tiffany. <laughs> it was the weirdest, like I was trying to maximize and enjoy my time at Tiffany, but then during my lunch breaks, I would just like work on my resume and just apply to all the big banks because that's, that's when you just did it. It's, it's kind of how that timeline works. Um, and for that internship, especially I utilized professors and the Marist Alumni Network for advice and guidance. So I actually did a mock interview with Professor Brian Hawhey and I think that really helped get my nerves out before I went into interview. So I definitely think what will set you apart or just give you an advantage is, is if you can find a professor that has had exp working, working experience with the particular industry you're looking into getting into, do a mock interview with them because you'll get your nerves out and you kind of, if you haven't interviewed before, you kind of will get a more comfortable feeling about it because I know they can be pretty daunting. And I've always said Marist Alumni Network is probably the best thing that has ever, that I've ever come across in terms of like 
getting professional advice and guidance because they'll be so much more real with you than anyone else because they have been in your shoes before they know what it's like um in terms of what i think set me apart i definitely think having something that is indirectly related to your major is pretty important because it shows you're not just a nut about finance. You can do other things. You have other interests. So for me, women in business was a huge talking point because it's also something that JP Morgan in particular was really focused on. They have a women on the move program, which is basically like the same goals that women in business has, but more geared toward them. Yeah. And that's a great tip you shared about the mock interview, because I feel like a lot of people, you know, research, you know, what you know, on Glassdoor and everything, what is this company going to ask me? You know, what should I have prepared to ask yeah. them? At the end? And, you know, if you get that practice, you know, it's a great experience. And also, you know, you mentioned the alumni network. I know at least, you know, at Maris, a lot of other Red Foxes are so willing to help, but, you know, I'm sure at every college, there's, you know, a bunch of people that you can reach out exactly. to. Exactly. Even like going on LinkedIn and like setting the filter. So you come across with alumni from either the company you're looking into or from your school in general to get some advice, I think is huge. Um, and another thing I would say, one last internship tip, know the company, that's what I did. Like I think for both Tiffany and JP Morgan, somewhere in my Google Drive, there is like a 20 to 30 page <laughs> outline, literally of potential interview questions of company data and information. So I think being prepared as much as you can, even if it doesn't work out favor it'll give you peace of mind because you know you did everything you could have done yeah um and you know it's just you know so crazy that on linkedin you can really connect with you know people who you wouldn't meet in real life you know if you you know wanted exactly. to be the ceo of you know some big company you wouldn't meet them like you know at a at a party exactly. or linkedin you know you're able to just access them right there so i think that's such a great tool as well i'm gonna sound so nerdy but linkedin is truly my favorite social media network yeah I mean, it's so it's so interesting interesting to see what people post and you know where they're going. Exactly. Uh, like they have more on there than just like job things. Like I've seen so many like inspirational like quote posts and stuff, and I mm -hmm. so you know fun to follow. <laughs> um. So one of the reasons for this show today is that I want to talk about how you know communications professionals kind of go hand in hand with business professionals because you know companies need both programs in their absolutely. You know, overall company. So um, first, can you just talk about like the relationship you think that communications professionals have with the business professionals? Sure. I think there's a huge relationship there because let's say a company wants to push out a particular product line or a service. I think the communication professionals would be crucial there because correct me if I'm wrong, but they're the ones who are writing like the briefs and really trying to figure out how to best structure it from a press perspective press perspective in order to get consumers interested and into it. And I think that's huge. And optics of the company is huge because you want to be presented in the best possible light. So I think if there's something big that's going on within the company, like if there's a sudden change in leadership, I think that's really when communication professionals are crucial because they have to kind of spin it in a way where it's like, this is a good thing. This is something we need and just kind of keeping the company as a strong competitor in whatever industry they are, I think that's kind of lies on the shoulders of communication professionals. At least that's how I see it. Yeah. And in our classes, you know, a lot of, and even guest speakers too, a lot of teachers talk about, you know, getting that seat at the table because sometimes, you know, 
when communications professionals, you know, create an ad or, you know, a press release or make this campaign, it's kind of hard for people who don't have that background to understand the real value of it. So they use, you know, business metrics, you know, uh, financial things like this campaign raised X amount of money and, you know, got this amount yeah. of investors. So I think it's important to realize those terms and how to use them. So what do you think are the most important things that communications professionals should know about business before they enter, you know, a company for their job in the future? I actually made a list for this. Oh, awesome. We love it. <laughs> I, a fun fact about me, I love lists, like the amount of either like to-do lists, memory lists, like everything is just in a list for me. Um, so I think the first thing is you really need to know what's going on in the world. So even if you're not a big news person, you have to read the news, find a newsletter that's going to break down what's going on just so you have some idea of what's going on, because especially like from a business perspective, things that go on in the world could highly impact businesses. Example, COVID literally flipped businesses on its tail. So if you want something that's kind of more geared towards the business side, I love the morning brew because they really break everything that's happening down in a way that's so easy to understand. And I love dry humor and there's so much dry humor in that <laughs> newsletter. And it's in your it's in your inbox before you wake up and it's a quick like 10, maybe 15 minute read. So it'll break down everything from what's going on in finance to if there's anything going on, you know, internationally or domestically, they'll kind of lay it all down. And there's always some correlation to how it's going to impact markets. Um, kind of going off of the whole reading news, read news about your company. You need to know what people are thinking about your company. Because obviously, if you're working for the company, there's something about it that you love, and you're going to want to defend it to infinity and beyond. But you have to know what people are thinking, especially when there's a big event within the company. So if a new CEO is coming in, if they're expanding a product line, if like in the case of Macy's, if they're closing stores, what are people thinking about that? What is the reaction to that sort of? Um, also, uh, when earning reports roll around, definitely try and skim through those as much as you can, just so you're aware of where the company is standing financially. Those usually come out at the end of each quarter. Um, and the term you really want to hear for that is beat expectations. So prior earnings reports have analysts who will kind of try and predict what the earning report is going to look like. And if you beat it, it means that they underestimated you. And it just, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. <laughs> um, so next, definitely learn more about the business strategy of the company you're working with on whatever proper term is for that. But um, <laughs> companies will lay out their strategic goals and initiatives. So it's really important to be aware of what those are because that impacts the business decisions of the company. So an example of this, one of Tiffany and Co's strategic goals is to expand and restructure their product offerings to become the next generation luxury jeweler. So that impacts their business decisions because they're going to focus on the product lines that they think is going to get them the closest to this or that they think the market wants to see that will make them think of them as the next generation luxury jeweler. Um, I have like two more things, I think. <laughs> so revenue breakdown, it's really important to understand where their revenues are coming from. All companies do report what percent of the revenue comes from which product or service they offer. And that's really good because A, it can expose potential weak links in the company's product and B, it helps you understand consumer sentiment. So from that, you're seeing what are people interested in in the scope of our company 
really not so much. and from our perspective that's how you can figure out maybe like what should we be pushing more what should we be pushing less um it's also so important to know your business competitors I, my thing is you have to know your enemies as blunt and as James Bond as that may sound. It's so important because you need to know who's around you. Like you need to know how the industry is perceiving your strength in relation to your closest competitors. You also need to know what they're doing. Like let's, for example, a Chase Bank branch and a Citibank branch. Chase really needs to see what City is doing because obviously people bank with City people with city and in doing so you'll expose weak links or maybe holes that they have in their plans that you can kind of capitalize on um and lastly there are two like financy terms i thought i'd throw in here so a bullish market is essentially something we want because it means that markets are on the rise and economically sound this is something that is thrown around a lot in business news uh same with bearish so that's the opposite its markets are receding and prices are more volatile. So it's kind of, you're entering into a riskier, lower market perspective, basically. Those are just thrown in a lot when companies are talking about their personal outlooks. So I just thought I'd throw it. <laughs> yeah. And those tips are so helpful because, you know, in, P in PR, you know, a lot of people work either internally or they work, you know, for a firm that handles, you know, multiple different companies. And I think across the board, it's great to know, you know, these different things that are going on with your company that you're working for, whether, you know, you're an employee of that company and you're working on ground and working on things because that's important, you know, to help the company you're working for, but also in these firms, you know, when they're looking at multiple companies and trying to, you know, pinpoint where they should put their efforts, you know, for different things, it's so important to keep up with these markets and, and um, you know, how they're doing financially. And I like how you mentioned with COVID and everything, how things could, you know, throw a wrench in your plans. Um, what do you think it's important to know, like even not even just as business, but what do you think it's important as a young professional in this world to know when they're going into work and what should they should be prepared for? So this is what I'm about to say. I learned solely from interning in the middle of a pandemic at JP Morgan. You need to be open-minded regardless of like, you can't, obviously we can't predict what's going to happen next, but you have to really go into everything with an open mind because people will pick up on that. They'll pick up that you're not someone who's so like set on XYZ because there's a chance XYZ won't be there tomorrow. Uh, and it's all really important to learn how to pivot. So just to touch a little bit more about my JP Morgan internship, it was supposed to be 10 weeks and I was supposed to work under a team within a line of business. So I would get firsthand experience of what it would be like working there. It ended up being five weeks and I did not work under a team under any line of business. It was just two intern projects, which I thought were amazing. And I really got so much out of both of them because it was, I got to really apply stuff I'd learned in my classes for both those projects, but it wasn't what I was expecting. And I know for a fact, I knew for a fact I wanted to work in banking and more particularly work for GP. And I just wonder what per se I wanted to do within the realms of the company. Um, so I really had to learn how to pivot and try and figure out, okay, I'm here, I have five weeks, I'm not exactly learning what is done on a day to day, but how can I make up for that? So I basically just set up networking calls with anyone who'd be willing to talk to me, just so I can learn more about what they do and what their days look like. Um, and I think, especially if you're interning, trying to network as much as possible 
is really crucial because something I learned is people are so willing to hop on a quick 15 minute Zoom call because everyone's home. Yeah. It's not like anything better, not gonna lie. <laughs> We're all locked down still for the most part, but um, I think being able to pivot and having an open mind and I think also I feel like once we're all back in the clear and once back into we're back into the office, I think there's going to be a shift in mentality. I think everyone's going to kind of want to help each other out more, whether it's through advice or this or that. Um, and in general, expect that things are not going to be what you expected, at least for the next little while, I think is what I would say. Yeah. And I think that it's just so important to make you know, these connections with these people in these companies, just like you said. And, and another thing that you mentioned was, you know, people are so willing. I mean, starting this podcast, like I've had a lot of people reach out to me to be on the podcast and say, like, I really want to help, which is just something that I think is, you know, so important during this time, because, you know, everyone's struggling with, you know, trying to make things work and keep up with their job. And these people who are willing to give their free time is, is great, you know, and I think, you know, people who, are new to the business have great insights like I think even you know just a, a, like us talking student to student I think it's really valuable to see like absolutely what other students are going through because you know it's such a unique time oh unique is a really good way of putting it <laughs> <laughs> um definitely not imagines to be but absolutely like we're all in the same boat like you and I are two completely different majors but we're both trying to make the best of a very unusual situation. And honestly, I've been the biggest advocate for the longest time of just having conversations because you can learn new things. Like just from speaking to you just now, I've kind of taken new insights on a lot of things because you see what is arguably the same concept of business in a completely different way than I see it. So I definitely think regardless just talk to people see how see what they're up to it's important to check in with one another because things can get hectic with the current state of the union so yeah and um also another thing I want to talk about while you're here is that woman's empowerment aspect and so kind of going back to the Maris woman in business so uh what do you think is like the most important thing that you know a woman who is entering a new you know industry can do to connect with other women like do you think it's networking that's the best or do you think that you know just you know working on projects that involve women are important what do you think is the most important thing to connect with other women great question I would say definitely networking because you want to hear what someone in years at some point in her career has been through and what her path has been uh, because she can a serve as a mentor for you and b just give you some great advice that you can apply to your day-to-day -day and really help you succeed in whatever it is you're doing and I would also say a lot of companies have business resource groups so that would be like JP Morgan's Women on the Move. I think joining that is a fantastic way to meet other women who are in a similar situation as you. And that's kind of how you start to empower one another because you start finding things that you can relate to, whether it's good or bad, and just kind of moving off of that. And also just, yeah, getting kind of put, um, proving yourself that you are capable just by doing the amazing work that you are capable of doing. I've, I've always said that's the best way to prove yourself. Don't try and help yourself up. Just let the results make the noise. Um, yeah, I think that's what I have to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think it's so, you know, important, especially, you know, with 
how you mentioned before how the industry is shifting and you know it doesn't matter who you are what you look like you know to be successful and I think it's so important to make these connections with all these different women because you know like you f find someone that you look up to on campus and you write about them for the newspaper or you know you have something going on with your own club like I'm uh, involved with North Road Communications on campus and listeners you'll hear about that in past podcasts but you know you'll never know what other people are working on bring them on you know and everyone everyone always has something unique going on making those connections is so important and you know women have you know been sort of the lower end of the all these industries for years and I feel like you know making yeah. our voices heard is so you know big right now for sure for sure um it's really interesting to hear you say that it's also like communications has had the similar women where women have been in the background because I feel like oftentimes it's really easy to think that it's just specific industries when in reality it's something that any industry as a whole could have experienced and that's why it's important like even for you and I to just connect with each other because I feel like as women we need to constantly be empowering and encouraging one another. We can't just kind of look at it like, okay, I have to put my interests first because I believe that there are enough seats on the table for anyone who wants one. And there shouldn't be any reason where we should try be trying to compete with one another or bringing each other down. Also, I'm really big on spreading positivity. There's enough negativity in the world as it is. So I think what we should all be doing is just really uplifting each other because that's how you're kind of sprinkling in a little bit of positivity on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's so important to be positive. And, you know, especially with, you know, everyone seeing everything going on in the news and, you know, in their personal lives. And I feel like, you know, projects that you work on that make you happy and positive, I think those are really important. And yeah, about the comm industry, I feel like, you know, it's it's definitely broken up like PR, like there's definitely more women that outweigh the men in the industry, but at the same time, you know, right. are our voices as important as the men's voices? But, you know, other industries like journalism and advertising, they were completely, you know, male dominated. And I feel like there's so many, you know, women voices who are standing up more than ever. And, you yeah. know, see these icons, like, you know, in my last podcast, we we're talking about Anna Wintour, you know, she just made so many strides for women journalists, you know, and that's why people have seats at the table because of these trailblazers. And so I just think it's so important to talk about that. For sure. And even just like what I really would love to do in women in business is just sprinkle in women who have impacted industries or kind of change industries like Jane Frazier. I think in September, October, she she got announced as the first female CEO on Wall Street. She'll be taking over at City in February, I believe. And to me, that was like huge because it was my first snippet of like, OK, every Wall Street CEO that I've heard of up until this point for the big banks has been a man. And now a woman is going to get entrusted with that. And then it, to me, it's like so inspiring because it's someone who I can look up to and just really, I'm in awe of her. I think, I think it's amazing. And it's definitely time that, as you said, women's voices are starting to get heard a little bit more. And I, I think that's a positive direction that we're headed, heading into. Yeah. And going off that, there's this question that I asked all my guests. So who is your favorite girl boss? It doesn't have to be in your industry. It can oh, be God. who inspires you. I have so many. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a good I, Um, ooh, Favorite girl boss? I think Audrey Hepburn, I'd have to say. She's just so much more than what people thought she was. And I feel like women have constantly been getting underestimated and she proved that she was more than it. Um, 
when you first look at her, you just think, oh, she's just an actress. But there was so much more to her than just her acting career. She was a really big humanitarian. She worked with the United Nations. She started her own charities to really help underdeveloped children. Um, and I've always been really big into giving back and seeing someone be so successful, but still be so humble in the sense that she just wanted to help people at the end of the day. It's just amazing. And she, I think she really taught women to just live their lives with grace and dignity and not really my favorite quote of hers is nothing is impossible the word itself says i'm possible and that was i think my high school yearbook quote not gonna lie but i love that quote because it's just so powerful it's so simple but it's so powerful because she's essentially telling you there is nothing you can't do and there is no reason why you can't pursue what you want to do and she's just i love her <laughs> Me too. And yeah, that was my yearbook quote too. It's just such a, you know, a great thing. And like you said, it's so simple and, you know, you wouldn't think about it, but it has a lot of impact. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. This is so valuable and we'd love to have you back sometime. Um, Yes, I'd love to be back. And I wish you all the luck in your future career and this upcoming semester. I'll see you on campus and just thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really love chatting with you today, Paisley. And that's our episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more tips and tricks of the trade. Peace out, com girls.